You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We We were blessed with some content today, some news coming out on the Charlotte Hornets front. Certain player not going to be back with the team. We know this for certain, at least now. Tony Parker going to retire after a long NBA career, playing his last season with the Charlotte Hornets, his farewell tour, if you will. Tony Parker. Tony Parker no longer going to be a Charlotte Hornet or a player in the NBA. And I thought maybe, I think we all thought, uh, would this be somebody that would want to ask Mitch Kupchak and company to get out of that contract that, that did have a second-year team option? Do you just let him go? Or do you trade? You're probably not trading. Do you just let him go to a contender or whatever? And then he tries to chase a ring. Or would he retire? And he does tell the undefeated earlier today. We are recording June 10th, 1.50. He did say earlier today that he uh, was going to retire. Then he put out a tweet. I think he did something on Instagram as well. And so now Tony Parker not going to be on the team, Doug. And this was somebody that had a very good year with the Charlotte Hornets. Nine and a half points per game. Shot 46% from the field. You know, did Tony Parker like things in a way where he wasn't able to do them last season because of the injuries, but also just because he was getting older? But you could argue, and he was the second most important player, maybe with Jeremy Lamb being a little ahead of him with the amount of games that he played. But Tony Parker, when it was winning time, you wanted Kimba and you wanted Tony out there on the floor. They were the best two when it came to winning a basketball game. And the Hornets were not afraid to play both of those players side by side. And and a lot of times it worked to the Hornets' advantage to have somebody of Tony Parker's caliber in terms of ball handling and decision making out on the floor at the same time. Uh, but bottom line, I mean, Tony Parker's body was breaking down. It was, I mean, he sounds a little bit defeated on the undefeated saying, I can't be Tony Parker anymore. He can't really, and I think he knows this to a certain extent, that that there probably would not have been a ton of interest from championship contending teams with bringing uh, bringing him and his services on board, and the and the Charlotte Hornets are really certainly you know in no uh, position to contend for any kind of championship. And but I, I think by virtue of just having a backup point guard option that was legitimate, that was a legitimate threat, uh, he made a huge impact on the Charlotte Hornets, who had not had that since Jeremy Lin. What do you make of this comment? Quote: At the end of the day, I was like, if I can't be Tony Parker anymore and I can't play for a championship, I don't want to play basketball anymore. That's what he told the undefeated. Any kind of slight, you would see that as the at the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not saying that he's wrong here, but do you think that there was some? Uh, it, I don't know how much you can have fun playing with the Charlotte Hornets, but it seemed like a lost year for Tony in the way that he didn't have fun playing the game. Well, it's how how do you interpret? I would want to follow up with him on that statement. I can't be Tony Parker anymore. You could interpret that as, well, the team that I'm playing on, or or you know maybe if the situation were that the Hornets had expressed to him that they did intend to. Uh, take that option that he was basically saying look on the Charlotte Hornets I can't be Tony Parker anymore or you could interpret that and 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 sort of say that he's being introspective and saying listen I know how I'm used to play right. playing and and I don't think that I can get to that level anymore and, and be the kind of Tony Parker that can help a team contend so I don't want to be that so we've got one domino falling in the point guard aspect and Doug we did our NBA locked on mock draft that's a mouthful. It is. Locked on mock draft. Mock drafts, NBA locked on podcast draft mock. And Tony Parker and Kimba Walker now are two point guards that are on the fence of whether they're going to come back or not. We, we've had this Kimba discussion a lot. 
it does seem like Kemba is going to come back. But you had both of these guys, at least on the fence, where one domino does fall. Tony Parker is not going to come back. Let's just say for hypothetical purposes that Kemba Walker would not come back. and Let's say he signs with another team, whatever it may be. Devontae Graham is going to be your only point guard on this roster. Mm-hmm. And so when I did a hit for the Locked On NBA episode that is going to, I think, go out today, where David Locke gets a, like a five-minute hit from all of the Locked On NBA hosts, I, I did one of those today, and it asked, you know, the, the the protocol was you say, what are your needs? And I said, if Tony Parker's gone and Kemba's gone, how comfortable do you feel with Devontae Graham as your only point guard on the roster? You know, is that something you look to address in the draft again? Does it make much sense to draft another second round point guard to put alongside Devontae? I would say probably no, but it doesn't look like there's going to be any point guards in this NBA draft that would fall to 12 that you would be comfortable taking at that spot. So then you would have to go out in free agency and find some veteran. And I haven't done any homework on what veteran point guards would be out there, at least right now, but we can look that up during the podcast. But it is an interesting situation you would be in at the point guard spot if Kimball Walker were to leave as well. Yeah, I mean, beyond Ja Morant and Darius Garland, there really isn't a single point guard option. Kobe White. But he oh, I'm be, sorry, Kobe White, yeah. But, but but Kobe White doesn't, I mean, he's not going to fall to 12. Correct, yeah. Th- so, yeah, Kobe and Ja and and Darius Garland, there there really isn't a single point guard option beyond that until you get, you know, really middle of the second round. Man, that you would it be really co- is, it is light this Acor- year. According to ESPN, the next point guard that would be best available is Carson Edwards out of Purdue, and they have him at 35 yeah. right above Admiral Schofield. Schofield, I said it again. My, my uh, producer, Katie, my betrothed, went to the University of Tennessee, <laughs> and in a previous episode, I said Admiral Schofield, and she got on me. I mean, I've never seen her that upset. She was angry with you. Schofield. She is a producer. She is the producer of the producer of this show. Yeah, she almost yanked me off the air. She needs. She's the one that we need Huge to go to. Huge disrespect. She's the chosen one. I can't imagine that with the weekend that you had, that you asked her if she was able to contribute any pet names, any dog names for the Charlotte Hornets. I feel like that would be her number one game she'd want to play even more so than the food, the calorie spike names, the dog ones. She liked the idea. I think we covered so much of it. See, that, that was a problem. We didn't leave a ton on the we table. We really didn't. I'm proud of us. We and that's, really listen, that's a angles. good, by the way, that's a good uh, policy around dogs. You don't leave anything on the table because they will eat it, including my dog, Hugo who ate an entire chocolate donut the other day. And he'll throw it up. Hugo will throw it up. Well, he had to because <laughs> this it was... Time, this time it was induced. Yeah, he was forced by a vet. So this is a funny story. So it was free donut day the other day. It was national donut day. We did tell this story. I know you don't listen because oh you're my not God. on the podcast, but we did talk about this. What? You told a story and I wasn't even there? Correct. Oh my goodness. We told it at the beginning because... Did, we, you, say the, did you say the ironic part? I don't know if they're what. I guess not. Well, so the ironic part is that he, the donut that he consumed was a chocolate donut, very poisonous to dogs. Mm-hmm. We so didn't mention that. Right. And it was a free donut. And then it ended up costing me a vet bill. It was the most expensive free donut I've ever bought. But thanks for ruining the punchline. You know, I really I was on, did. I was getting on a roll. I really did. I could have let you go with that story. and Because we didn't cover all of that. I don't even know if we mentioned it was free donut day. We just mentioned that Hugo ate a chocolate donut and he had to take him to the vet. I, you're right. That would have been a good punchline. I hate that we missed out on that. Thanks. Admiral Schofield. Thanks for 
Joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we are presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Lockdown Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Hornets. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Book your next trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We'll update you on the rest of the Locked On NBA podcast, Mocked Draft, Locked On NBA Mock Draft next here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but... Is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night they didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on lockedonhornets.com. Doug usually has quite the setup. When we record these podcasts, he usually has a couple of laptops in front of him, along with the equipment that you use just to record these podcasts anyway, that is their stationary computers. There's three right in front of our faces. I have a laptop in front of my face. Doug has a couple each. You know, he's constantly on electronics and you almost set a record for the shortest amount of time having a laptop before you almost ruined it a new one that you got i imagine just this weekend yeah i got a brand new laptop uh was eating a delicious beef on weck sandwich on wax no on weck mm, sorry from tavern on the tracks great restaurant delicious sandwich came with a little bucket of au jus which i quickly a little, bucket. <laughs> little bucket of au jus not a cup mm-hmm. uh not a portion a bucket of au jus a pail and I went to dip my sandwich in there, and it was uh, it tipped the bucket and uh, went onto my laptop. Now I will say this: some would say, "Well, Doug, there's a very simple solution to this. Like, don't eat around your expensive laptop." Mm-hmm. And to that, I say, "Who has that kind of time? I'm always working. I mean, I can't stop to eat and not work. I was doing valuable, valuable research." For this show. I love the fact that it wasn't just a drink, anything like that. It was au jus sauce that you were dipping. You were eating that. Not only were you eating a messy sandwich around your brand new computer, but you were eating a sandwich that you have to dip with some juice, some hot juice right next to it, some au jus, if you will. And you were going that messy route while eating next to your computer. All right. I was watching Hulu. I wasn't. I wasn't doing. But here's the thing: you can't have aju and not use aju. You have to use the aju. If you have the aju, you use the aju. Um, I also think of the stereotypical producer in this scenario. I feel like you're only missing 300 pounds. You've got the long hair. Mm-hmm. You've got the beard. You've got the sandwich that you're struggling to eat with aju that spills over the computer. A ton of electronics. I feel like all we're missing is a comic book and 300 pounds added to your weight worst sandwich ever that's pretty good that's really hold on that's pretty good that's a good impression of the comic that's a good fake limited if you will comic book guy from the simpsons you're acting surprised you are a good impressionist i feel like you're good thank you 
I, I've done them I've, before. I've never heard. Where have you have you done them here? Do the is this some OG podcast thing I don't know about that you did before I was here a lot? I don't know how many I've done on here, but I have definitely uh, utilized them before. I was in a middle school talent competition, did them there. Uh, did not <laughs> did not place. Surprisingly, uh, I was beaten. Get this by someone who could play concert piano. And someone who did ballet. This was a talent show in middle school. You did some stand-up routine where you were basically doing. No, impressions. I just I, all I did was impressions. I mean, it was like a classic sort of 1960s <laughs> impression stand-up routine. Well, I want to hear. So, what are some of the impressions? Let's. Can we do a a rebirth of that show? Can you get revenge on the person that won with their concert piano performance? Well, are I there was, a couple of at least that you, are there a couple of impressions that you can share? Yeah, I'll do some, but let's let's set this up. Let's do some like draft analysis, and I'll try to okay, break out. I like but that. They're very uh, they're very like old school names, like Johnny. I can do like a Johnny Carson. I can do a Bill Cosby. Nobody wants to hear that anymore. No, See, everybody's gotten in trouble or died. That's the problem. All the impressions <laughs> that I used to do, I didn't keep up with are the you talent. Sure this was like, I can't do you know I can't do any of the the Kardashians. How I can't old do, are you, Johnny? Johnny Carson, you act like Johnny. Johnny Carson and, and Cosby were a hot thing back when you were in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was watching. Well, I listened to other impressions. I was really just doing impressions of other impressions. All right. Man, I want to get to them as we get on with the show. I'm sorry we went off on a tangent there, but that's, I want to see little middle school Doug doing an impression in a talent contest, in a talent show in middle school. Well, it obviously didn't win. I don't know what you want to see. You want to see a loser performance. No, I, I do want to see it. I apologize. It might even make it a little bit better. All right, let's update people on the NBA mock draft that we took part in. So we updated people on Bull Bull and our selection of him at 17. So if you don't know, we did have the 12th overall pick, as in real life. The Charlotte Hornets had the 12th overall pick. We got a trade offer from the Nets. It was for 17 and 27 in exchange for 12. I felt that we could still get a good player at 17 and take a flyer on somebody at 27. And sure enough, that's what we did. So we selected Bull Bull. That was Doug's guy at 17. And at 27, we got somebody that worked out with the Charlotte Hornets this past weekend. Keldon Johnson, Kentucky freshman. Somebody that was highly praised coming out of high school. Probably the number one guy that you were paying attention to at Kentucky heading into this season. And then P.J. Washington kind of stole the show with his improvement and the way that he played in his sophomore season. But Kelvin Johnson, a bigger guy, oh, a 6'6", strong wing that is looking to be a 3 and D player. Shot 38% from beyond the arc last season. Uh, did finish well in traffic. Does finish well when he does drive to the rim. It doesn't seem like... Any kind of motor issues are going to be there. It is somebody that does play very hard. And so Kelton Johnson was our selection at 27. Doug, I also know that you were big on him and wanted to select him before anybody else at 27. Very, very weird that uh, Kelton Johnson would uh, be there at 27. I want to ask. Did not, uh, did not expect that. I want, I want Johnny Carson analysis as we go on. So we're able to get both of those guys, Kelvin Johnson and Bol Bol. And so you look at just the way that this mock draft did play out. I'm going to pull it up here real quickly. Some of the guys that were taken in between Bol Bol and Kelvin Johnson. Uh, P.J. Washington was selected. I, I think we updated people. It was P.J. Washington at 21. So all right, Huge I'm gonna, fall. I'm going to go back a little bit. 18, Talon Horton Tucker. Rui Hachimura at 19 to San Antonio. Tyler Hero at 20 to Boston. <laughs> P.J. Washington to Dallas at 21. Grant Williams to Phoenix at 22. Admiral Schofield at Sacramento at 23. 
Cam Johnson, who I was hoping would kind of fall to us, he goes to Philadelphia at 24. Goga Bitaze goes to Chicago at 25 because they traded. KZ, is it KZ Okpala? Don't ask me, buddy. Okpala goes to Orlando at 26. They traded with Cleveland. We, the Hornets, get Keldon Johnson at 27. <laughs> Dylan Windler out of Belmont goes to Golden State at 28. Belmont Abbey. Luca Samancic goes to San Antonio at 29. I Honestly, when I heard that name, I was like, are we sure he doesn't already play in the NBA? That just, it just sounds like a name. I'm like, I'm for pretty the sure. For the Spurs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he already plays for the Spurs. It's like when you guess the, the letter that's already been guessed on Wheel of Fortune. I really felt like they messed up. Well, and people... When Luka Samancic was drafted, everybody said, oh, of course San Antonio gets Luka Samancic. Of course he falls to the Spurs. They're going to be good forever. And the last pick of the first round, Milwaukee selects Ty Jerome out of Virginia at 30. So one interest, uh, one interesting thing, Bruno Fernando does not get drafted in the first round. Bruno Fernando. Let me try that again. Bruno. Oh, it are, there's already no in the first name. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I was interested <laughs> to see how you were going to make that work. <laughs> Bruno. We're all waiting. <laughs> Bruno Fernando. I'll get it. I mean, you could go no again if you wanted to, but yes. Bruno Fernando. There we go. Yeah, right. I said that already. So then you look at Chumo Kiki. That was somebody else that we had kind of listed that could be available. He is still on the board. And so you have a couple of guys that may be considered first round talents that were not drafted in the first round. How do you like the way that this draft board played out? Oh, I think in terms of Bruno, I think it highlights exactly what we've been talking about with him, that he's all over the place, that he could go in the lottery, he could go in the first round, he could possibly go in the second round. Uh, in terms of how we did, I think we I think we cleaned up. I think you got a player in Bull Bull at 17. You like the trade. Uh, well, yeah, you I'm like starting to back. grow on me when yeah. Keldon Johnson fell back to 27. I think if you know, people are starting to question whether he can create off the dribble, and so it's it's causing his draft stock to fall a little bit. But I think if you can get somebody of Keldon Johnson's skill set at 27, I don't want it at 12. I mean, he sure. kind of reminds me of, of P.J. Washington and just in terms of how balanced his game is, all the things that he can do, and his two-way play potential. That's perfect at 27, not so much at 12. I love what we did. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. We did have some questions that we had to answer on just a little five-minute hit that we send to the Locked On NBA podcast. We'll go through that a little bit more in depth than we have a chance to with just the five-minute time limit that we have um, with David Locke and, again, that hit that we did. So we'll get into that a little bit more on the other side of the break. It is the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Want to thank Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you are looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti? And Russell Westbrook? <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, Nas. they got Nas. Uh, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can Master we get- P! <laughs> I hate you right now. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Speaking of Bol Bol, we got some news coming out on him. 
So Bol Bol is going to hold a private workout this week for just a select few NBA teams. Jeremy Wu and Jake Fisher of Sports Illustrated reporting that. So you have to wonder if the Charlotte Hornets are going to be in on the workout that is going to be from Bol Bol. And perhaps that this would happen in real life, except instead of at 17, most likely at 12, where the Hornets are picking in reality. Who can it be now? By the way, not a fan of Bol Bol is our friend Brad Rowland. Oh, from destroyed the, you. Ripped you. From the Locked On Hawks podcast. Yeah, there's a little email thread that goes along with this. Private, only Locked on host allowed. You guys could only dream of being a part of this thread. That's it's it's super it's super nerdy. Filthy rich off of it. Insidery. But Locked On Hawks host Brad Rowland, not a huge fan of the pick. And we know this because just to preface exactly what you can expect from the Locked On NBA podcast as well as our own, is we did have a trade go down Mm -hmm. where we did have the Brooklyn Nets and the Atlanta Hawks have a legitimate trade. Where they traded... This is real life. Real life. Not in our locked on world. So in real life, as you probably already know, the Brooklyn Nets traded their 17th overall selection along with Alan Crabb to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for Torian Prince and something else. Maybe a second round pick. A conditional second round pick. Something like that. Sure. But the whole idea is to get off of salary from Alan Crabb and give oh, the 17th man, overall selection. Contract. It was so bad. So you can get rid of Alan Crabb in exchange to possibly be able to land Kyrie Irving as rumors are picking up. And so because this trade happened in real life, the way that we do this locked on NBA draft is that it just takes a long time for this to go about. It probably happened all last week where different guys are doing different things at different times. And so it's really tough to enter your pick. Um, in a timely manner to where we can get this thing knocked out within a day or so. We probably could if we tried a little bit harder to do so, but we just don't. Well, I spilled Aju on my laptop, mm-hmm. and that prevented us from making a pick for a while. And so because of all of that, this trade happens after we had already made a bunch of trades within our own locked-on world. So it would affect us, and we were trying to figure out how to do it. Eventually, we just said, you know what? We're not going to mess with this thing. We're just going to go about it the way that we already have, which is probably the right thing to do, and just preface everybody by saying this is what happened. We didn't have enough time to adapt to the trades that happened in real life. My laptop's fine, by the way, and it smells delicious. So a couple of the questions that we had to answer, I had to answer in this hit that we did. It was you know, did it what, without me. Yeah, I did do it without you. I just wanted to hear myself talk for a little bit. What are your biggest needs? <laughs> and I think James Borrego. I wish I could do an impression of you. <laughs> my, I can't. My voice doesn't go that yeah. far down. You need some bass. I can't get into that octave. Need some bass, no treble, baby. Need some of that in there. Biggest needs. James Borrego has often said that they need rim protection. So Bol Bol does cover that. He just can't cover anything else. No, he can't do anything else. I was watching video of it because Brad, you know, I kind of went back and forth with Brad a little bit about Bobo, why he didn't like him. Uh And one of the things that came up was his horrible defense. I was like, wait a minute, he's a rim protector. And then I just did a little bit of research, which is a little (laughs) bit more. A little bit more than than I did. Oh, okay. So now we're locked into this selected. No, I mean, this is this is why right, he I, can't I, he can't defend anyone. Like it's it's the scary. pick and roll defense is bad. It's scary. It's like it's a mixture of. So not- what, what do you feel? Hold on, hold on one second, because now what you've gone and done here uh-huh. is now you finally do a little bit of research. Still think you, he's you, worth it. You clean up the Aju off of your computer enough for you to finally do some research on the pick that you strong armed me into doing, mm-hmm. and now you have this type of analysis. Hey Doug, why did you pick Bowl Bowl? I don't know, but his defense is piss poor. There's meat in my keyboards, 
broken my W. He can't cover much else. He can maybe protect the rim, and that's about it. That's our analysis. Be happy, Hornets fans. We got him at 17. Well, and I think the big question that scouts and team officials are going to have to figure out when they look at the tape and then they interview him and bring him in is how and and maybe this is why he's doing this private workout because he has some things I think he needs to disprove and and when you look at the video you have to wonder like is he just is he not trying or does he just not know where to be? Neither are qualities and, I want well, from somebody at 17. Scarier. I don't know what's scarier. I'm fine with it at 17. Take you, the big swing. Because then you would see, you have still the gone thing. there? But would you the have thing. still gone there? Yes, right. because you see him do the other things. Okay. And the other things are so incredible, you're going to trick yourself into believing that you can teach him these other things. And I, that's why I think whoever takes him is going to have a head coach or a system. Like I, I, I could see the Timberwolves doing it at 11. And just like a system that like one, well, the Bucks did it at ten with Thon Maker, right? They did that kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, but a system that really values defense, you know, bringing him in and saying, "Oh no, we can teach him how to do this thing." And I don't know if I don't know if Borrego's like that, but I mean, you, you just his ability to shoot, how how beautiful his stroke is. And I just there's so many things that if he were to figure a few things out, he could be a real star in this league. I, and even Brad admits, I just want to say this: Brad admits that if everything goes right, this guy's going to be a star. There's no doubt about that. The, the doubt is, will all of those things go right? Is there a dream scenario for you that that something that you would consider? Maybe not just your favorite option, because your favorite option would have Jackson Hayes at 12. But you know, a dream scenario would be Zion falling to 12. What is something realistic? that is a dream scenario is there one that exists for you i mean did you see this video of dumbuya hitting like 19 three-pointers yeah. in a row mike schmitz did put that out there you know that's that's your dream scenario right now or are you picking him over jackson hayes at that point i mean i i'm just i get tricked by all these unguarded uh three-point right. shots <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I really like. I'm looking. You know, I've, I've looked. I don't see a player. I don't have a dream scenario. I don't really either. I mean, I don't see a player that really has a legitimate uh, chance at falling. And I'm always weird about taking players that fall four or five spots because I, I just honestly feel like there's so much research that goes into this stuff that you know. I the one player I look at is Kobe White. I, I mean, I, I really believe. Yeah. In him. I believe yeah. in him a ton. And even if he did fall, like right now, ESPN has him at eight. I mean, if he did fall four spots to to the Hornets, I think they should take him twice. And and he's not going to fall past Chicago at number seven, I think. But you're right. I mean, I guess there is somewhat – I mean, that sounds like a stretch to say that's even realistic. But you are right. If that's something you wanted to stretch, then I would hear you on that. Uh, A big decision. So another question that uh, Locke had for us. Well, what is a big decision you are making at this point? Who are you deciding between – you know, at 17 – I mean, Bruno Fernando was there at 17. I liked him enough to maybe I would have selected him. But part of the reason I traded down was because I thought there were enough people that I would be happy with. Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker were taken just ahead of us at 17. But those are guys, look, you you know, you've made fun of me for it. There there are a bunch of guys that I'm just fine taking with. at that spot and it's why i wanted to get two shots at some guys that i like oh that previous question was about 17 yeah kobe's not falling to 17 my apologies i thought we were talking about the 12 i'm just now joining the show this is a fantastic show that you've been doing we so were, far we were talking about 12 for a little bit that's okay okay that's all right i'll allow it i i kind of got on board it wasn't anything that i was going to make fun of before but there you go. The, nobody that I was really deciding between and certainly you wanted bowl bowl despite your lack of research on bowl bowl 
of people that you were deciding between. Well, and to be fair, I still want Bull Bull because, again, I just think there are, are so many things that, that excite you about him and to get him at 17. I think that's right where he deserves to be. Yeah, I'm not fine. sure I would – I think it would be fine to take the big swing at 12 and go for Bull Bull. I wouldn't be mad at it, but mm-hmm. I think I, I could legitimately see arguments against doing it at 12. So that was really all the questions that we had for the Locked On NBA Draft, and we took Kelvin Johnson, Bull Bull. I like the Hall. You know, but Bull Bull selecting him—it's one of those things where it's like, no, you think I should? Are you you really? You guys think I should select him? Okay, I guess I'll do it. That's how I feel. Like I'm so scared of him to where I want you to talk me into it. I want you to make sure that I select him, even though I really don't want to. And so I'm glad that we did because I do want to. I am tantalized. I do want to see exactly how it's going to work out. And man, ESPN's best available has Kevin Porter ranked 20th, under Keldon Johnson from Kentucky. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are scared of him. Today's show is brought to you by Grip Six Ultra Lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift to go to Grip Six, and they have a special offer for you at gripsix.com/lock. That's gripsix.com/lock.e. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Hornets on the new Himalaya Podcast app in an ever-expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and themed collections of shows to help with podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers, and sports. Download Himalaya free at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Hornets today. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We will be back with you tomorrow. Weird, wild chef.